Hey there, friends. Oh, man. I've got um, a reintroduction of sorts for you today. Yes, yes, yes. I've been doing a lot of thinking, and there's just been a lot going on. And um, I, <clears throat> I'm i going to make a couple of small changes to this podcast. Now, if you like the podcast, don't worry. It's basically going to be the same Because I I, I think I do talk about, you know, what it feels like is it feels like all the pieces of the puzzle have been coming together for me over the past, oh, I don't know, month or so. Like, you know, you're trying to figure out, well, maybe, you know, maybe you don't like honing in on your business and what your niche is. And then it hits you like and like and like all the things I do are related to my business, you know, like um, I'm sorry, I'm going to stop saying the word like. (laughs) But the podcast, the blog, the website, obviously the things that I'm doing in my business with my ebooks and my courses and things like that are all really around the same thing that my life is. And it's weird. It did. It hit me like a ton of bricks that, you know, Kristen, this is, this is it. You're living it. You're doing it. What are you trying to seek out the niche for? It's right here in your face. It's kind of crazy. It's crazy that I didn't see it, but I've been seeing all the pieces come together. And so basically, I want to do a little reintroduction of sorts. Um, I don't 100% know where to start. But here, I'll I'll start with this. We have finally named our mini homestead. And it's the Motor Homestead. Ah, cute. I know. I was like, the RV homestead, the RV homestead. I wanted it to be alliterative. And so I was like, well, what are other words for RV? And I was like, oh, the motor homes, a motor home. And I was like, you know, I'm just drawing a blank because I'm thinking H, 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 H. And um, so anyway, I, the motor homestead, it hit me and I was like, oh my gosh, that is adorable. That is so what we are. We live in our motor home. We have a pretty decent sized garden. We've got chickens. We are like doing all the things, you know that homesteading is, except for, you know, we don't have goats yet or pigs or anything like that. And we're not quite on our property yet. But um, a big part of, I don't know, I feel like people get caught up with the idea of what a homestead is. And it's got to fit all the criteria. It's got to be, you've got X amount of, you know, space, maybe you need to have a farmhouse and it can't just be (laughs) any style house. I don't know. I don't know what it is for you. And you need to have, you know, cows and all these dairy animals and be slaughtering and doing all of this, that, and the other thing. You've got to be making your bread every day, making all your products, yada, yada, yada. But I really want to encourage people that homesteading isn't a definition that, you know, fills a list of criteria. Homesteading is what you can do right now. It can be, you know, I could say like, here, here's a, here's an example. We don't live on our property. We've got a very small plot that we've kind of fenced off around our RV And so, you know, we can't have goats, we can't have ducks, because we don't really have room for more animals. In fact, we have chicks right now, and they and the chickens aren't getting along yet. And the chicks just spent their first night outside last night. Woo! Thank God. You don't know what it's like having chickens. Well, you might, you might know what it's like, but 
having chickens inside is, you know, whatever. It's kind of annoying. But having chickens inside of a tiny space like an RV, it's just, ugh. They start, I mean, at a certain point, they're they're outside of their um, little box that you've got for them. Now, we set the box inside the uh inside the shower but still they perch on the edge of the box and they're not always have their butt facing into the box so your shower is full of poop every morning that you have to clean out and then you take them out of the shower I mean this is our specific situation and we set them just in the bathroom on the floor and they're not really getting out of the box and running around but they're perching on the side of the box and they're pooping all over the floor and so you're just constantly cleaning up poop from the chickens inside your house which is disgusting and annoying and it's it's not, you know, it's not when they're super tiny. It's when they hit, I don't know, a month or whatever, and they start really just all they want to do is perch and sit up on the edge. So anyway, we've been putting them outside during the day now. And then I last night I finally was like, okay, guys, like I knew the temperatures were fine. And it's always like, oh, my gosh, are they going to be okay? But they were totally fine. It was great. And now it's like, oh, okay, yes. They're outside chickens now. <laughs> I just kind of, they're inside of a big dog kennel, which I don't feel like is the most secure thing if some beastly animal wanted to try to get in there. So we've kind of blocked it off in such a way at night. I wish they were in the coop with the chickens, but they don't all get along yet. So I'm really trying to introduce them. But anyway, I got off track a little bit with that. Um, yeah, so we, you know, we do a lot of things. Like we make our own, or I make our own lotion, chapsticks, hand salves, and I sell them elderberry syrups, tinctures, you know, medicines, things like that. You know, we harvest eggs. We have a garden. We um, just start, we cook from scratch a good portion of the time. Not all the time, but um, then we just over the weekend did our first round of soap making which is exciting because we've been meaning to get into that and it's just been so busy it's like okay we don't have the chance to you know my husband and I like to do some things like that together so it was really fun to be doing that together and um there's so much about soap making to learn there's so many recipes so many ingredients you can put in it so we wanted to start with a basic recipe and just get it down of course the soap has to cure for four to six weeks so but but we did it and that was really exciting and so you know there's all these things that we're taking so we are legitimately homesteading here and if i'm waiting to define that for myself until all the circumstances are right um I'm just doing myself a disservice. I'm just not allowing myself to really live in what it is right now, the moment, the exact situation that we're in. And so I just want to encourage people that you can be homesteading no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. Some people even apartment homestead. So there's, you know, and and even if you're not able to grow all your own food, if you can go to a local farm and, you know, do you pick you pick farms or just you don't even have to. You could just order from them or from a CSA or something, you know, and get, you know, all farm fresh food that you're canning and preserving in different ways. Maybe you're ordering a half of a a uh, cow and you're getting it, you know, butchered and you're getting the tallow and you're taking it home and you're rendering tallow. I mean, there's any level that you can have. Maybe you just have um, like a kitchen herb garden and a balcony garden or you've got those hydroponic systems inside of your apartment but you're like knitting your own blankets and you're 
canning your own food again, like I said, or you're drying your own herbs and making your own tea blends, or you make your own soap or whatever it is. It's all about becoming more self-reliant and not depending on systems created by these overarching powers that be and at, at their whim, they can seek to change and control these systems and manipulate them any way they choose. And I think we've been watching that happen over the past couple years. And it's, um, it's like, it's shocking how, how quickly things have changed, how much has changed. And so I feel like the, where I believe we're headed is really getting back to the old ways if you want to survive. You're going to have to kind of go back in time a little bit to what we often refer to as a simpler time, a better time, right? When we say, when I say the words a simpler time, I'm always meaning like, ah, you know, like you feel weight lifted when you think about those things. And that doesn't mean like that it was easier. You know, the lifestyle was definitely not easier. It was definitely more there was just so much more you were doing. You were moving your body constantly. You were working. You have to get up early. It's not about I have to get up, go to work, sit at this desk, hate my life, go home, whatever, uh, just to make ends meet. And then still, you know, it's like up at dawn, feeding the animals, you know, tending to the garden, doing hard labor when you're planting the garden, milking cattle, making everything from scratch, you know, uh, making sure that your family is taken care of and you've got everything you need. And that could include, you know, bartering and trading with local neighbors that could include having your own little market where you go to farmer's market and you sell stuff, having side gigs. It's not necessarily an easier life, but there's still some simplicity about it that is just so, it's, it's a weight lifted to think about. And I honestly think that maybe a lot of that, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking comes from the idea that you know, you've got things taken care of. You don't need anyone, you know, you're not reliant on any systems. And so I really think that that's where this is headed. I mean, anyone who's dependent on the current system isn't going to make it because the system is failing. Even though massive centralization is the main goal for the globalists, it's failing. It's too complex with little to no redundancy. And especially if, you know, powers that be step in and make these decrees, we'll call them, and just, you know, stop production of this or make everyone stay home or close the ports or whatever it is. And the whole world is depending on these uh, systems. It's it's imploding on itself. And, and that could be on purpose. That could be out of sheer ignorance um, at any different time. I'm not saying that it's not on purpose right now because I fully believe it is on purpose. I've, I've read their plans. They're doing what they said they were going to do. I mean, I can't really shy. I'm not going to shy away from that. I don't think that it's unrealistic at this point to say that that's what's going on. I think that a, a lot of people hopefully are waking up. So, um, and, and it's a slave system that they've created really, you know, it's take out a mortgage, you know, owe all this money, never really own anything. You owe this money. So that means you have to go to work. There's no escaping work for you. So you're going to come, you're going to work for us at this corporation. You're going to keep us making millions of dollars. You're going to stay at in the place where you're just making ends meet. I mean, obviously there's ways out of that system, but generally speaking, the entire, you know, middle, lower class is stuck in this, can never really get 
way ahead system. So it's a slave system and I, I don't want any part of it. So, um, I think in order to change the trajectory of things and in order to survive what's coming, which would be, and some of it's already here, inflation, recession, famine, shortages, we really need to become more self-reliant and we need to take our health into our own hands and get serious about getting fit and healthy. Something I already talk about. I mean, I already talk about all this stuff, right? And I personally believe we need to um, begin to eat smaller portions. This is something I've been thinking about. Um, if, If food shortages are coming, let's just say, generally speaking, the average person and I mean, I believe that food shortages are coming. I just don't know to what extent. I don't think we've seen this kind of breakdown, you know, with with natural disasters and with the engineered shortages and the dumping of foods. I mean, I just saw a, that I think it was in, in Australia that there was a someone was walking by and found truckloads of avocados dumped on the side of the road. And the farmers apparently are saying, you know, that they have to do it because, did I save that? Um, Explaining why they are forced to simply, they're forced, oh, due to rising labor and shipping costs, they're forced to simply throw them away. In the midst of a food crisis, we are just destroying food. I've seen the pictures that people have been posting with truckloads of food and a gigantic banner on the side that's saying the government is forcing us to destroy perfectly good food. We saw the same thing happen with oil when those people were whistleblowing and they were like, hey, um, we're being forced to just dump this oil like on the side of the road and we're coming into major gas shortages and things like that. So engineered, I think it's safe to say yes. Um, but so if so depending on how bad this this food crisis gets we may be well one of two things can happen you're going to recognize it and you're going to start eating smaller portions and kind of rationing out your food because you we're so used to the store shelves it's always full we don't have to even think about where it comes from it's just there we just go when we need it you know what i mean and so if that stops happening people may be of the mind of like well it'll be back you know And it might, I don't know. And so they'll just keep eating like normal, which if we can be honest, like most Americans and even myself included sometimes are overeating, like we're eating till we're stuffed. And I think it's especially easy to do if a meal that you've made is incredible and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to stop eating it. I am thoroughly enjoying this. And um, so a lot of, most Americans overeat. Our portions are huge. Have you ever been to a restaurant, like a French restaurant, where they serve you small portions and you're like, what? The portions that they serve at restaurants are enormous. Nobody needs that much food. It's disgusting. And it's causing massive obesity. And um, so so either people are going to recognize the food shortages and start, you know, thinking, oh, I should probably cut back on how much we're eating. And in turn, they're going to lose weight feel better, uh, their digestion's going to be better and, or they're just going to keep eating like normal. And then all of a sudden it's going to hit them like a ton of bricks. Uh, we don't have anything to eat. 
And if there's one thing to know about overeating, your stomach expands. And so you've noticed if you have to fast for a day for any reason whatsoever, maybe it's a medical procedure or whatever, and um, or you just simply had no biz- like time to eat throughout the day, you were so busy. And then it comes, you know, the next meal that you're you're sitting in front of and you're starving, well, you can't eat very much of it because your stomach shrinks. So you get full a lot faster. So these people who people who are overeating and just stuffing themselves and kind of gorging on massive um, portions are going to continue to be hungry when they're eating less food. Now, over time, of course, their stomachs are going to shrink, um, but it's going to be. I just I just feel like it's easy it's better to start now start weaning into the potential for food not to be there when you need it or you know not as much or you know thinking more frugally and and in turn end up getting into better shape losing some weight improving your health and digestion and those things uh so that's just one thing I've been thinking about that's kind of just a side note <laughs> but um yeah, so so all of these things, uh, I, I've just been, I've been really, I don't know. I just feel like, like I said, the pieces of the puzzle have been coming together. And basically, I'm kind of changing my podcast over to be talking more about homesteading. Now, homesteading still includes all the health stuff, for sure, because I'm all about it. But it's really about, you know, holistic home and lifestyle. It's all about having that holistic homesteading style where you're you're focused on health and well-being you're focused on all of the things and you're self-reliant and you're taking care of it within your family by yourself however whatever situation you are you're making the most of it and you're becoming less dependent on systems that could fail at any moment mm. so some of the topics i think that we'll be covering more will be um, picking up new skills. Obviously, chickens, chicks, um, things that we're dealing with here on our mini homestead. And just, yeah, what what kind of skills we can hone. Um, getting back into shape, obviously, the health, the wellness, the food, growing, all of it, all of it, all of it. I think it's really important. And the biggest thing is I just want to encourage you to not wait for the circumstances to be perfect. You are, you can do this with, you can do something with where you are right now. It doesn't have to be perfect. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be like, you don't have to have all this property. You don't have to own your house. You don't have to whatever. And to be honest, like most people don't own their homes anyway. If you, you might be a home buyer and you say you call yourself a homeowner, but if you owe money on that home, you're just renting it from the bank. And let's be real about that because I think that's a thing we all need to get serious about. Um, how we can get out of debt and own more things outright. I think that's really important for people to, and I'm not an expert on that, um, but I know that you know Dave Ramsey talks a lot about that and he's got great books on it. So those are things to, and and maybe, you know, I don't know, everyone's got to prioritize their own, where they're at with things and where they're looking to go with things and figure out, you know, what, what do I want to start with? So for instance, today, let me just talk about 
<laughs> living in the RV come summer. Now, yesterday was 106 here. So today's, it's the nights are still cool, but um, which is great. But they're not cool to the point where we can have our windows open at night anymore. At least I can't because I don't know if you know, but the the most... Um, the best temperature for people to sleep at is like between 64 and 67 degrees. And I'll tell you what, if I am not really cool, I need to have my blanket on and be like, I need it to be 64, probably 65 degrees to sleep. So I have to have an air conditioner on. And um, so we're not at the point anymore where it gets that cool. Like last night it got down to 70, which is why the chicks could be outside. It's going to be like 69, 69 all, all week or whatever as far. And, and honestly, it's just going to go up from here. So like right now, for instance, I have to record my podcasts early in the morning before I have to turn on the air conditioner because the air conditioner is really loud in the background. I mean, it was so funny. My dad was talking to us the other night about, you know, the house and building of the house. And if we want uh, the roof AC units, you know, it's going to be more affordable than if we have to have the air handler and we want them not on the roof. And I was like, well, why wouldn't we get them on the roof then? And he's like, well, just because you'll hear the air conditioner kick on. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. That You should hear how loud it is in here when the air conditioner is on. And then God forbid you're cooking something and you need to vent it out. And you've got the, the uh, you know, vent, hood vent on. It's And then you want to vent it out the roof. So you turn this little... You can open this roof vent and turn that on so it sucks it up and out. And it's just like a nightmare of of, of white noise, just so loud. It's it's horrible. <laughs> so it's like, oh my gosh, hearing an air conditioner kick on would be the least of our concern. Like, I honestly feel like living in an RV in Arizona in the summer, especially not plugged into the correct amount of amperage um, is like weaning your way into an EMP attack. If I lived in a house that had better insulation with no air conditioner on and no power, it would be about the same <laughs> as living in the RV with the air conditioner on in the summer because it doesn't get it super cool. So yesterday we were in here and I mean, I was hot, you know, and we've got these two leather recliners and I, I never really loved leather. I feel like it's either cold or hot and sweaty and sticky and I was sitting on one of them and it's like the whole underside of me is soaking wet. And I was trying to learn a new skill, which I'm going to get to. And I was just like hot. And so it was frustrating. And I was just like, never mind. Never mind. Like, let's just find a movie we haven't watched. And I can't wait for tomorrow <laughs> because uh, yesterday was just a weird day. But, um, but yeah, so it's... Where was I going with that? Living in here in the summer. Hold on, hold on, you guys. Let me get back to my notes. Learning new skills. Oh, 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 okay. So I've been, I've got a sourdough starter. It's about two years old. Um, and I haven't made sourdough in a year and a half, at least, since we moved into this uh, RV. Because it's, <laughs> in the summer, you can't. You, we have a convection oven that I guess doubles as a microwave, but it's a convection oven and it looks just like a microwave. And, um, it takes a lot of power to run and it's really loud and it heats up the RV, but we can't run it while the air conditioner's on. So not only would it be heating up the RV like a lot, 
but it it's hard to run when the air conditioner's on or you can't you have to turn if if i wanted to make some nachos let's just say i wanted to melt some cheese on some chips or something like that something super quick right 30 seconds i have to turn the air conditioner off and in order to run the microwave and um in that 30 seconds, I will tell you, it gets really hot in here. It's like that constant cool air needs to be circulating because it gets hot. So this year we put up a shade on the west side, but it doesn't cover the roof. So it doesn't really start to shade the house until the kind of the late afternoon. But it it, it does help a little bit. But because last year we had to put, um, you know, those things that you put in your car windshield the, to reflect the heat and, and keep it. We had to put those in every window on the west side, but that wasn't doing a whole lot of justice when the heat is just seeping through the walls. I mean, these are thin walls. They're insulated, yes, but not not by much. And um, so it was just like you touch one of these windowsills and they're black and they're metal and it's just like, oh my gosh, it's so hot. So we'd put those things up and it would kept some... But then it's so dark in here, you know? You can't look out those windows and... So we don't have those up this year, at least not right now. And um, I can tell, you know, that, that it's made a difference, the shade on the west side. So this is just one of those things. But anyway, I've been wanting to bake bread. Long story longer, right? <laughs> I've been wanting to bake bread. And I'm like, you know, no excuses. I've got a camping Dutch oven. So I can make bread on coal. People do it on charcoal when they're camping. I just have to figure out the exact right way to do it. So that is my mission for today. In fact, I have to go heat up the grill. I'm going to do it on the grill, but take out the grate because I don't think, oh, it might fit in the grate. I don't know exactly how it's going to work yet. I'm going to probably set the Dutch oven down on the coals, but I'm going to have the bread on something inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I will report back on how this went and how to do it yourself, but I've been wanting to make bread, so I just made a quick, uh, no need, uh, you know, use active dry yeast, not my sourdough, because sourdough is a process, and if I end up burning this bread, I do not want it to be that I went through two days of, of an entire thing just to burn it. So I'm going to figure out the exact temperatures, the exact amount of coals, how I do this, what works best first, which I really think I'll be able to figure out after one try, like whatever goes wrong this time, I'll realize how, why, or it might go perfectly because I'm going to keep checking it. Um, and you know, you have to like turn the lid a little bit to, to rotate the coals and turn the bottom so that they're not just sitting on coals and and burning in that one spot. (sighs) Should go, it should be fun. But then it's like, okay, now I, no excuses. I can bake bread outside. I don't have to heat up the RV and I can just do it on some charcoals. So that is really exciting. So that's a new skill I'm learning. And, um, you know, this is, this is us roughing it. I know this isn't roughing it compared to a lot of different things, but I'll tell you what, it, living in the RV in the summer is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> like It's just not. So... Um, it really makes you appreciative of the beautiful weather and the nice days and all the different things. And, um, and I just hope that summer's short this year. I'll tell you that much or that we get our house built or <sighs> whatever. Pray for us. You guys, our, our stuff is in County right now. I need all the prayers I can get. It's been in two weeks. They say it takes about 30 days before they give you back everything. And 
it could be this week that they, um, you know, decide, just, just, just pray for us that we get through counting and we can build this house and that I just was recently listening to a podcast where a lady was talking about, you know, her husband was like, Hey, you know, I feel called. We're going to have to do this. We're going to have to move. And, and they were waiting and trying to build a house and trying to, and she was like, why are we doing this? He's like, I don't know. This is what God wants. But when it finally happens, it's going to happen fast. And I was like, oh my gosh, I hope that message is for me that like once, once it starts happening, it's going to happen fast. It's going to happen fast, please, Lord. So keep us in your prayers. I would really appreciate it. Um, But yeah. So anyway, so, okay. So another skill I'm trying to learn or I'm working on learning right now is knitting because I don't know how to knit and I do unwind in the evenings with uh, just mindless TV things, probably even on repeat that I've seen where I can just kind of zone out and do a thing. I mean, sometimes I read a book, whatever. It's, it's not every night's not the same, but when I'm watching TV, I'm just one of those people who likes to be productive and it's like, oh, if I could be knitting something, that would be great. And so I'm, I'm learning to knit And that was the thing I was sitting on the, trying to, um, sweating on the recliner, trying to figure out yesterday. It was like, I I can't even tell you, just getting, I wish I had someone to show me. And I do, I I actually need to go to my mom's house and be like, okay, just show me this part because the book was telling me one way and that was kind of hard to follow these pictures. And then the YouTube video was doing like a completely different thing. So I was like, wait, what? I'm sure there's more than, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. But when I'm just starting, I'm just like, can I just like know one way and just not be told 40 different ways? I just, I just need to get this part down, which is just casting on. I just need to cast onto the needle. That's all I want to do. <laughs> so I'm very beginner as you, as you know. Um, okay. So anyway, I want us to talk about things like this. I want us to work on building our skills together. I want us to get, you know, healthy together, get our stuff in order and just kind of create communities locally with people. Like, I think it's important that we all start uh, like a group. I mean, just this isn't something that I have going on, but off the top of my head, what if you had a knitting group or what if you had like my Wednesday, my Friday, sorry, Wednesday group and Friday groups that I go to. Um, where we, you know, we get together, we talk about what's going on. We try to figure out how we can get through this the best. And so, you know, we have, we're creating community, we're working on solutions, things like that. I think that that's also very important. And yeah, I just, I really want us to focus on those things. So anyway, that is where things are headed with the podcast. Now, I would love to hear back from you. I mean, if this is, if you're in on this, yes. It, listen, if you are listening to this podcast, you can find it on Spotify and on iTunes. And um, I, I often share it with people on Anchor because that's where I record it. But so, but you can find it on your favorite. If you, if you like Spotify or iTunes for podcasts, you can, or whatever, I, I don't know what it's called. But anyway, um, you can find it on there. And if you would subscribe, that would be amazing. If you would leave messages, comments, tell me what you think about, you know, where we're headed with the Motor Homestead. I'm, I'm going to keep the podcast name the same because that's the name of my business and, and all that. But we're going to be talking a lot about homesteading and health. 
and just kind of being prepared, not in a, in a creepy, like, oh my gosh, I just, I know a lot of people who are like, they're preppers and they're into prepping and they're focused on like one specific scenario. Like one that comes to mind is an EMP attack. Now, whether or not an EMP attack is going to happen is whatever. I don't know. But I just I like to just be prepared for multiple different scenarios. And I feel like the best way to be prepared is to just be able to handle things on your own. Right. Grow your own food, um, make your own soaps, make your own um, cleaners, your own home remedies, take care of yourself you know, cooking from scratch, cooking wholesome meals that are nourishing to you and to your family, cooking, you know, that's really important because if people are buying and eating a lot, if you're eating out at restaurants a lot, you're eating a lot of vegetable oils, your food is almost never organic. And um, it's just kind of the cheapest food that they can get. You know, we if I'm, I'm thinking about vegetables, okay, they're not, they're not going out and pi- buying the best organic vegetables. They're just throwing together some cheap bio sludged veggies. And, you know, you're just not getting the nutrition that you could be getting if you're cooking from scratch at home. Now, don't get me wrong. I love going out, but it's not like an every night thing. Like some people have gotten away from cooking and they just kind of eat out a lot. This is no way to be healthy. It's impossible. It's impossible to be healthy and have a good diet and lifestyle if you are just eating out and people are cooking for you all the time like that. You need to learn to cook some wholesome meals from scratch and it's not hard. In fact, I'm coming out with this really great ebook. It's my next Detoxing the Kitchen. And we're going to talk about all about nutrition and the bad things lurking in your kitchen. And I have a ton of awesome from scratch recipes that are easy and really good and healthy. And um, it's probably not, I'm working on it now. So I have no idea when it's going to be ready. And I'm also simultaneously working on my skincare book. So um, they're kind of courses, ebooks with recipes and, and things like that. So those things I'm working on, I'm not sure when they'll be out, but I do currently have out the clean the air in your home and make your own cleaners, um, little ebook and, and those are, that's one, it's a set right now it's on, it's $17. So I'm actually thinking, well, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with prices in the future, but, um, so you can go get that at holistic home and lifestyle.com. Get on my email list and stay in the loop with all the cool things coming out. Um, but like I said, follow the podcast, subscribe, leave a comment. Let me know if you like the idea of us talking more about homesteading and and just health and homesteading and learning new skills and all of that jazz and you know troubleshooting. And if you guys have questions, send them my way. If I don't have the answers, I will seek them out from somebody who does and get back to you. Uh, that's the kind of stuff I love to do. So, and then I'll keep you posted on how this bread turns out and all that jazz. And we will talk again probably next week when I record another podcast. All right, guys, have a great week and, uh, you know, stay positive, start learning some new skills and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye.